0: Welcome to the IQ Meet VQ podcast. I'm Jackie Broman, Principal Solicitor at TBA Law and CEO of Legally Wise Women, and I'm here as always with Ush Danik, former forfeit lawyer, then head of HR, and now an emotional intelligence coach. Good evening, Ush.
1: Hey, Jackie. We were just saying, right, how we're recording on a Sunday night, <laughs> as opposed to Tuesday early mornings. Mm,
0: so strange.
1: It is very different.
0: Mm-hmm, mm, <laughs> it's good. Change mm-hmm. is good. <laughs> It is. It is. The energy is very different though. Like it's, I was thinking about it, you know, an hour or so ago coming up to the call. I was like, I'm actually really exhausted. And, but I'm not sure if that's a general Sunday thing or because it's sort of this time of the year as well. Are you starting to get tired this time of the year?
1: No, I'm actually all right at the moment. I'm sort of in that mode, which is where I always am. of doing that sprint towards Christmas.
0: Mm,
1: but mm. because I do my planning in September, I'm sort of like, Mm. Super focused, yeah. And I and I actually do work one day of the weekend between now and Christmas. Mm. So it's almost, but it's on on the business, not in the business. So it's just sort of my mm. my sort of planning phase at the moment. So mm. Today was a work day for me. It was <laughs> <a> day off.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we've been locked down so much, I have sort of worked most weekends all year. The last two weekends, I've not worked all weekend but sort of done a bit of work and then packed in a whole lot of stuff because we could do things. Yeah. And this weekend I went away with a couple of girlfriends and I am just exhausted.
1: (laughs) That's probably why it's because you've crammed all of the activities plus the work Mm. and also don't you realize if you've had a bit of time out if it's with your mates or whatever because we're on the go we don't realize how tired we are until we stop so I think probably because you've had that Mm. little bit of a I'm gonna hang out with my mates all of that has just come over you hasn't it? perhaps
0: that's right a bit embarrassingly when I was hanging out with them yesterday afternoon I went to sleep for an hour
1: (laughs) (laughs) did you that's okay though that's good
0: I know they were fine with it (laughs) <laughs> what a strange thing to do, huh?
1: <laughs> I had a nana nap today as well, and I don't normally nap in the day, but it was just like because of the puppy training. So she's fully trained now, she's sleeping through the whole night. Oh, great. Um, which is great. She goes to bed at about nine ish and she wakes up at five. Mm. So yeah, mm-hmm. but it's a good time, time for you. Now. Yeah, so I was a little bit tired today so I had like a 30-minute power nap on the sofa but um, it was great, it was so nice.
0: (laughs) Good, good and we've had this crazy weather the last couple of days as well. You've had lots of rain up there too, haven't you? We
1: have, yes, it's literally and we had thunderstorms and all sorts so
0: Mm. I'm Mm. hoping
1: next week's a little bit better but I actually don't mind it coming up to Christmas, it reminds me of the UK Mm -hmm. because I still can't get my head around Christmas when it's hot. Hot,
0: Mm mm-hmm. Mm, it feels very strange having it so cold this time of year I know. and you know we were talking about climate change a couple, a couple of episodes ago and we're full on into it really <laughs> I know I know oh.
1: and I just ordered um Christmas bed sheets this evening oh. that's what I was doing waiting for you to have your dinner
0: oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh well, there you go that's productive time Christmas bed sheets <laughs> <laughs> oh very good So this week I spoke to a lovely lady that I'm in a group with, Melissa Ma. Melissa's had 20 years experience again in the financial services industry. She was originally a financial planner, but then she moved over as a stockbroker and then she moved into like financial education and seminar delivery. So she went from small boutique financial planning firms to then big institutions and finished up with Suncorp, Sunsuper and a couple of those big places. But with all the ins and outs, she decided finally that she wanted to actually help people and that the education stuff was where she shone the most. And so she's set up her own money mindset business called Talking Money. And yeah, I think that particularly at the early stage of her career is quite interesting to listen to. And I think even she had some insights when she was talking to me about it. So let's have a listen. Hi Mel, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to know you deeper because we're in a great little group and mm. um, this should be fun. So yeah, we've done a very um, nice way to kick the week off. We started talking. I'm like, hold on. We need to record this. <laughs> so when you were growing up, what did you want to be?
2: Well, as I was just saying to you, I was trying to was out walking this morning. I think I think I wanted to, well, you know, you, you sort of reflect whether it was what you, <laughs> which you can lead on to a lot of our other conversation, what you were being told that you think you should be, <laughs> and actually what you think or what you actually wanted to be. So I think there was a fairly strong suggestion, in inverted commas, in my family of you know to do nursing or something like that. Which obviously, absolutely, nothing wrong with nursing and stuff like that. So I'm, I was just trying to reflect on how I jumped from, you know, perhaps nursing as an option. To begin you know doing a commerce degree, which is obviously you couldn't get anything more extra more yes. and, and I think what you know and as I was just showing you before i got a I got caught up in a relationship and all sorts of stuff in grade twelve where I would eleven and twelve, so my mm-hmm. I didn't get a particularly good score which limited options available to me, so I think that's probably something that did have an impact because mm-hmm. I can remember even applying for you know Australian Catholic University and stuff for nursing so I think that was still a you know that was that was obviously an option, but I don't think my school allowed me you know but, you mean know, so
0: that was sort of yeah well maybe yeah. thankfully well yes yes
2: and then the and then and then that option came up to go and do some study at a private place for the first year and then if you've obviously it's it was a in conjunction to the u s q in Toowoomba. I grew up in Toowoomba. and then obviously if you passed. had to do some extra subjects and if you pass those subjects you're automatically accepted in a second year into usq yeah Yeah. so that was that was really interesting and it was actually the time before they're in the in transitioning from you know being a college to a university so Mm. i actually started out doing a business degree Mm. i think it was a business degree in banking and they're majoring in banking and finance and stuff like that and then i actually left when, and went overseas for and lived overseas for a couple of years. And by the time I came back, that actually became a full blown uni. So I had the option then to upgrade to a commerce degree. And I had to do, I had to do a couple of quad. I had to do commerce law, which was I had to do another law subject. And I had to do management accounting, which was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I was, <laughs> I think I just slipped through and to accounting on the skin.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it was it was an interesting transition of, of mm. yeah of what you know of studying very it's, it just sounds like sort of opportunities were presented and you just sort of landed a little bit what sort of work were you doing while you were doing all this so when I was actually in Toowoomba I used to manage a Chinese restaurant I managed Chinese <laughs> restaurants
2: in, in Toowoomba I managed three different restaurants for this guy actually or worked for him and then the last one I managed the restaurant for him which was interesting it would really good time management mm. skills because most of us were students. And so when exam times came, everyone else had run for the hills. And so I actually, you know, a number of times I actually worked through my exams and stuff like that. So it was because my, you know, there was no one else available. So I just had to do it and stuff. And so it was really. You know it's like that old adage you know if you want something done give it to a busy person
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much that so. was well
2: well and truly I, I think it was very I had to prioritize and you do very good time management around working and you know and studying everything as well. So it was um interesting time and then in thing I it sort of when I went overseas and stuff mm-hmm. like that I was actually a nanny I nannied for for a number of different families. So I was in really? whole life I was a nanny yeah. Wow which countries were you doing that in in a year, just in London. Uh-huh. So I'll, I'll I'll do a bit of name. I can do some serious name dropping here. So, you know, um, Hugh Laurie, who's, who was in house, yes. that's who uh-huh. I needed for.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Long well, before
2: he became a very big star. Like he was just, you know, he was big in the, he was big, because this is like, whoa, 30 years ago now. So <laughs> it was, but yes, I mean, he'd obviously been in all the Black Adders and, mm. you know, all those, all those productions and stuff in the uk so yes yeah, so i met some very interesting people when i lived with them yeah okay. and yeah <laughs> very interesting people
0: yeah all right so you come back to australia finish your degree mm-hmm. then what 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 is your career path look like what did you do well that was interesting actually
2: that was an interesting that was something it's funny when you start talking about this mm. so when i before i went overseas i was not doing particularly well had no really had no motivation to and mm. to complete my subjects and stuff but i'm not painting a very good picture for myself <laughs> am i but but it was and it was actually when when hex got introduced yeah. and mm-hmm. i went and it, my lightning bolt came on one day that well i'm paying for these subjects so i'm not even particularly mm-hmm. focused mm. on passing so that's when i went you know what i probably have to go and have a you know have a break and have a think about things and i turned 21 and i went overseas and that's what sort of stuff. So. When I came back to Australia, it was it was it was like an anti, funny enough, and reflection of, you know, my family sort of question, you know, is, is commerce really what you, you know, you haven't done very well out is commerce really what you want to do and blah blah blah. So I actually went back as a mature age student, you know, in my early twenties, but you know, still classified as a mature age student, and 100 percent went back on my own volition, my own absolutely my own choice. And I went back and actually and, you know, I had, to, I had to redo a couple of subjects and stuff like that, but I got my GPA up so high that I actually was asked to do post-grad study by the time I finished my degree. So like I sort of had, yes, I've had the extremes of university yeah. of just, you know, being a part-time or well, not really, you know, enjoying the social side of university mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. and then
2: coming back and actually, well, attending university, which was, you know, made a big difference. So it was just, it was interesting. So I actually got my degree really completely with no pressure or from, it was actually the opposite of, you know, <laughs> should I, should I, should I actually do it or continue? And so going back and do it was really, really interesting. So I mm. finished, I started off with a, a financial planning firm in Toowoomba, which was really, really interesting because it was very, very early days and they were very focused on fee-for-service, which was way, mm. you know what I mean? So this is 20 mm. something years ago. So they were it was when all the lights, when Telstra was floating, and not just you know when all the and the tabs and not just so they were very involved in self managed super funds, direct mm. shares. So it was all very yeah. And so we looked after all their stuff, and so it was very much fee for service. Mm. And you know it was, I was their first graduate that they'd employed, and and we all agreed in height, and you know we were left on very good terms and stuff like that. But <laughs> employed female, a graduate that was female was probably not there. Oh really? The best thing. So it's Yes. Soon, yeah. So it soon. It was just not. Mm. I decided to leave and move to Brisbane and become a stockbroker, but the fellow that that replaced me fast tracked a lot more than quicker than I did and got given clients and you know all that sort of stuff. So it was in, it was interesting reflection of being in a smaller you know smaller town, a female in finance. And and I can say this openly because they acknowledged it as well. After but like it was it was you know it was all acknowledged that perhaps it was you know that that was so it was interesting and I was you know because I used to do a lot of the plans and it was before you know software tools so we did it all on mm-hmm. Excel
0: mm-hmm.
2: and it was usually the female clients that used to say to me because I was sort of classified as a client service manager and stuff like that and they would say to me you actually did this plan didn't you. And I said, "Yeah, I actually yeah. did." And they yeah. said, "And I said, and they said because you just know, you know." So they acknowledged that I actually had written the plan as well, and not just, yeah, wasn't just implementing it. So it was, yeah, it was interesting.
0: Mm. So that was a smaller business with male partners, and yes. yeah, yeah, mm. Mm. and other females in that business. What were they primarily just admin? all support, all support? Mm.
2: Yeah. So I was the first. Like I, I came in and it was a client services role, but you know I was. Come, I came in as a graduate mm. and with the thing either to be, you know, to progress yeah. and stuff like that. So I didn't, but the fellow after me did. Yeah,
0: but as you said, you were also their first trial at a graduate as well, let alone being female too. So they didn't exactly mm-hmm. manage the gender issue very well, but yeah. maybe they learnt a lot from you just taking on a grad as well. <laughs>
2: Exactly and like there was no you mean there wasn't mm. there was no no hard feeling. you know what I mean it was all mm. just but it was just it was interesting
0: mm-hmm. what
2: happened sort of more after I left
0: yeah, yeah and
2: and the guy that took out I me mean, was a delightful guy, and I, so it was it was all good, and I moved to Brisbane anyway, so yeah,
0: yeah, okay, so you moved to Brisbane and you became a stockbroker, is that right, yes, yes, so I was a stockbroker for four years, and ended up being in the tech boom, which was just like crazy yeah and so,
2: yeah it was huge it was yeah it was like a very very crazy heady times mm-hmm. so I worked for one company for a for a while and you know if you want to f- head f- you know fly head on into male yes well another one
0: <laughs> yes
2: well this was I mean I was the only female advisor and it was you know it's one of those things in hindsight I can't believe I was actually accepted being, you know, accepted, mm. being treated the way I'd been treated and stuff like that. But, you know, you it's you hear, hear it's male dominated, it's, you mm. know, it's stockbroking. I had had no, I had no experience. I didn't have a client base. So mm. I was in a, what they called a client's wholesale broking team. So we actually serviced financial planners. So that was sort of how I got my role for my financial planning background and stuff like that. But it was just, yeah, it was, it was horrific. Yeah. <clears throat> it was mm. absolutely horrific.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine the pace of it, the, uh, you know, people running on adrenaline and egos and things like that. And then I, I was going to actually leave
2: and then I was friends with someone else that introduced me to a, a recruiter and he actually found me another role mm. It was another firm that was delightful. I mean, still mm. a, lot of, a lot of males, a lot of egos, but there was, there was a couple of other female advisors there. Mm. So I moved and it was just, yeah, it was like a, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, good. And so finally, you have some females in your life that are doing something similar to you, and you can yeah. see, yes, they can do it.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there was. It was not just as support staff, mm. but it was, yeah. There was, there was two other female advisors. There's someone who's still, she was still an advisor actually, but um, yeah, it was just, it was a different. You mean there was still, you know, huge egos and very yeah. male focused and all that sort of stuff, but there were other females actually you know Mm. being advisors and stuff like that so
0: yeah Mm -hmm. okay good Mm. good so you sort of finally find your feet and find somewhere where you can where you can be did you then sort of stay in the financial planning space for a large portion of your career because there's been so many changes in that industry too yeah so I was not financial planning broking I was actually purely
2: just 100% Mm -hmm. Broking trading i was actually I did a lot of options trading actually that's what that was sort of an area that i I did a lot of trading had a lot yeah. of options trading clients and then i I actually missed financial planning I really mm. missed the, the whole yeah just you know I think I was the only stockbroker that actually met made <laughs> met their clients like I used to make sure oh. I'd, I'd actually I mean, I mean a lot of this, it's all done over the phone and stuff yeah. like that, so I decided to leave financial leave broking and I went back into financial planning in the banks two different banks mm. so it was Suncorp and then um, West well, sorry Westpac then Suncorp yep. and yeah so sold my soul to the devil in the banking mm. banking <laughs>
0: <laughs> well in hindsight but I mean at the time you took the jobs that was the way to go wasn't it really yeah it was going back into planning though you mean know, and getting back into Westpac
2: that you know amazing training like you know yeah. we had I think we went to I went to Melbourne for two or three weeks just for, you know, for training. Mm, so it was, yeah. it was a great, great supportive area to get to get back into the, you know, into the industry and, and that sort mm. of stuff. But once again, mm. just thanks. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
0: I, don't, I, need a, I don't think I need to say much more about that. No, no, that's right. <laughs> and, I mean, that's why the whole industry has been turned upside down too. Absolutely, absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm. And so I remember one Saturday and I was thinking, I can't, I just remember thinking and i sort of worked at Westpac for a while and then I moved to, to Suncorp to one of their big flagship branches in the mall, which was fantastic. And there was two advisors there and it was, yeah, it was great. But I remember thinking, oh, I can't, having come from that fee for service, like that yeah. whole ethos or fee for service and yeah. all that sort of stuff, which so I'd never had any trouble charging, you know, mm. plan, planning fees or anything like that. But I mean, obviously the whole banking, and this is still, you know, this is a fair while ago as, as well. And I was thinking, oh, I've got, to go. I've got to do something else. I've got to get out of this, you know, this environment.
0: Yeah. And I didn't
2: ever use to buy newspapers and everything. Anyway, I bought the paper that used to have the still have the careers guide. You know, that you actually yeah. pull out. Of. <laughs> this is going how long ago this is? <laughs> and yeah, I was just flicking through the careers guide and this ad. It didn't say it was for, and I just read it and I went, oh my goodness gracious, that just sounds
1: mm.
2: exactly. And it ended up being Sunsuper, so it was a superannuation fund you know oh, we're wow. wholly focused on profit for members, like it was just and I mm-hmm. got a job there as a senior financial planner. It was just amazing. Like it was it was just yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So I was there I was <clears throat> spent about seven years at, at Sun I did go away and have two children and come back. So I was gonna <laughs> say
0: when did you fit that in? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so well was at Sun Super. <laughs> So it's a bit debatable how much time I actually spent at Sun Super and actually on maternity leave because <laughs> I, I had fairly long maternity leaves. But you. So, yes, started off as a senior financial planner there. So I looked after Brisbane. I looked after the Sunshine Coast and Toowoomba hmm. and was involved in a lot of speaking and, and seminars and stuff like that. And then when I came back from maternity leave, they'd invi- introduced the Member Advice Centre. So it was the first phone-based advice centre. So wow. I did a a cameo role because I was actually already pregnant. So I did a cameo role and did six months there and then left. And then I just had my maternity leave extended and someone, one of the managers contacted me and they said, you know, you're perfect. Your dream job's come up. What do you, do you want to put your hat in the ring, which was a seminar delivery specialist, which was actually overseeing all the member seminars, it was coaching the guys to present, it was, you know, doing the content, you know. And anyway, so I, I, I applied for it and, got, and, and went back and um, had to wean a child very, very quickly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think
2: mean, really, having just extended my maternity leave and then, yeah, went back and, and yeah, and that was a fantastic role. I really loved that. loved that yeah. role. Mm.
0: Okay. So you can sort of see that you're moving much more then into the education space because you love teaching people and then teaching colleagues how to teach people well. Well, it's funny, you know. It's, it's
2: it's not until you until I stopped and left employment that I realised I'd forgot not even done it. I'd done a cert four at Sun Super mm-hmm. on workplace coaching, so I hadn't even I hadn't even remembered that they, <laughs> until I until I saw all these this big trail of breadcrumbs taking bringing me to where I yeah where I actually was. So yes, yeah, so I left Sun Super. I did a I did another six months. I got a job with an amazing financial planning firm in Brisbane. So you know, it was huge, the big pin-up girl. And it was like, you know, it was, it was a it was a really fantastic role. <laughs> After a couple of months, I realised, number one, I didn't actually want to be a financial planner anymore. And yeah. number two, I actually didn't want to be employed. I'd had, I was starting to have that mm-hmm. realisation that perhaps these things that kept happening to me, <laughs> non-conformist and being fairly rebellious and being trying to continually be shoved in a box. So I thought, you know, I started thinking, I think there's not going to be more to, to life than this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you've been self-employed ever since. Yeah. So
2: okay, yes. So I had to the so the man that you know, I mean the the fella that I worked for and we've been courting with each other for years and you know waiting for him to have mm. space to bring me on and so it was all you know it was all very fantastic and amazing. <laughs> After and like at the six month mark I had to sort of say, you know, we had to sort of say, well, if this is this progressing or not, and so I had to have it's it's not it's not you, it's me, chat with. <laughs> and he was hugely supportive and he was the first person i went to with my business idea and actually said you know what do you think mm. so yes yeah, so to- october 2013 was the last time i was employed
0: <laughs> and even that's <laughs> gain, a huge step.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. It, was, yeah it was massive
0: yeah and you've gone from planning mm. into education and coaching mm. Mm.
2: and also in that time my marriage had ended so i was actually raising two very very small children on my own, so that was just to yes. throw throw that next. So what you do? What do you do when you're in that situation?
0: Mm, you leave you employment you and you start you start your own business. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you knew how to make money, didn't you? So yes, and I was
2: in a very I was in a very fortunate position where I actually I, I got a, I, I did receive a lump sum so from somewhere, and so I, that gave me that gave me the opportunity to actually. I think I'd already left. I was trying to think about that the other day though I'd, I'd already made the decision to leave employment but then you know as things things turn up in your life and stuff like that and so it yeah there was a an, an a, you know an amazing I was given an amazing opportunity by my family to actually be in that position to, to just just you know 2014 I really sort of worked on developing my business focusing on my you know looking after my kids, my children who are still you know you know very very young so Mm. um yes so it was it was yeah it was very good it was good
0: very fortuitous timing for me yeah yeah so what are you passionate about now what do you do in your business and what keeps you going i am just
2: i'm passionate for people for money or stress or concern around money particularly Mm. women because there's a whole space that women operate in you know, with money and, and you know, for, the, for a myriad of different reasons, but for it not to hold them back or it's mm-hmm. not to, to, to keep them small or keep them feeling disempowered or not being able to actually, you know, live, live life on their terms um, or actually even be in the position to really understand what that means. So to have that, you know, to have that freedom and choice in their lives mm-hmm. and for money for whatever reason for that to be a, a sticking point for them. To stop them from doing that, so it's 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 actually about you know unpacking that for people and you know shining a light on it because a lot of times it's just because it's it's fear and avoidance mm. that what's what's happening or mm-hmm. you know for lots of and as i said for you know there's lots of different levels that that can be that that can be happening, but it's just yeah i've it, because I've experienced it myself, i mean obviously. Got you know lots and lots of experience as you probably you know would have read the bio and stuff like that. Lots of letters after my name and everything. But the thing is, as well as that, I've experienced in a marriage, you know, in a relationship breakdown. I experienced it very much when I first started my business up because you know nothing like starting your own business to trigger the absolute every belief you have about everything,
1: mm.
2: particularly around money, because you can't hide behind a role or a job title or a salary or whatever. Particularly when you're when you're selling yourself as a coach. You're not selling widgets, I was selling myself. Mm-hmm. So that's my, own, you know, my knowing now is that that's when the real growth and development actually
0: started happening for me because mm-hmm. I had to. Yeah, mm-hmm. There's nothing like starting your own business to dive you into like the personal development space, is there? <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly, because it, it got to the point for me that, you know, if I
2: didn't sort out what was going on, mm-hmm. I would have, I would, my business would have been sustainable.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So that's, you know, so it was, it was a, and, you know, obviously I could have gone back into, you know, I mean I could have, could have gone back into financial planning and stuff like that, but it's, I just, I just so, so didn't want to, mm. well, go back, sorry, go back into being employed actually. Sorry. It didn't matter. It wouldn't matter what that was. It would have been, it was about being employed. Yeah. 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 Mm.
0: And yeah, being self-employed gives you so many opportunities, or at least from the outside looking in, you believe that it gives you so much more freedom. But I suppose you see a lot of women who jump to self-employment and then just sort of take their their same issues with them and are just as bound up, trapped as they were as an employee as well. <laughs>
2: mm.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of I, I support women around
2: a lot of letting go or shedding up identities. Mm. And that one, and you mean in and I, once again, I, it's something I really experienced as well. And it's um, supporting a couple of clients at the moment that are actually transitioning out of corporate into their own space, and it's actually really having to shed or let go of that identity because a lot of them, you know, I mean, these women's in their in their forties, they've had a lifetime of corporate, yeah, very masculine, you know, suffering a lot of suffered suffering burnout. So I put them in what I, we call the, their incubation period where they actually have to do nothing except for look after themselves mm. yeah look at, yeah look. it's it's it was it's all about self-care and looking after themselves and obviously they you know you need to be in that position to be able to do that mm-hmm. you know financially and and all that sort of thing but it's you know for my one of my clients it's been amazing because she's in Melbourne so she's actually you know last year she was having to have a, a very high up job and home mm-hmm. school her two young boys and everything and now this she left halfway through this year but and now she's had that experience, the completely opposite experience of actually being available at home to homeschool. Yeah. yeah, So yeah. it's just, yeah, it's like been chalk and cheese for her. It's been really, you know, still challenging, but a very, very different experience. Mm. But and also through that is, is shedding and 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 having that realization of, you know, not bringing those identities that are not serving us or need to be really questioned, let go, and everything from that corporate career and presence and stuff like that actually to not bring that into your into your business it's all you know for women that leave relationships it's the same you know it can be anything any transitioning period to actually read it and it's you know i've said this thought for years it's not about reinventing yourself because no these women don't need to be reinvented they're absolutely 100 amazing Mm. as they are amazing women they need to rediscover their true self it's it's more about it's about rediscovering
0: yeah. Which, as you were saying that, I was thinking it's a shedding off because yeah. it comes back to actually who yeah. you are and not what everyone else has told you to be or everyone else has expected you to be.
2: Exactly, which is around this identity thing. And you know, it's not, mm. it's it's not right or wrong or good or bad. It's just, it's just how we operate mm. and how we're built as as you know, and so we could, you know, it could be a corporate identity, it could be as a partner, as a as a mother, as a as a friend, as a daughter, you know, whatever that is. Mm. But it's just making sure that that's not impacting how you're living your life. And, you know, as I said, you know, referring to this living life on your terms yeah. to making but making sure that you actually really understand what that means for you. Mm. And a lot of times that is it, that it, it's, it's presenting itself in our relationship with money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, pretty deep, isn't it? How money yeah. sort of is at the root of a lot or, or can be, can bring it up. Or you get to it through that way. Yes. Mm. And
2: my, you know, I mean, it's so funny. And you know, I've sort of been saying this all, for all the years in my business, but it's actually coming to fruition now that, you know, I've been saying, I come in on the money, but it's never just about, it's never okay. about the money. And actually, that is actually starting to, to happen where sort of, you know, so it's moving into that bigger space because women are wanting more support. When we clear that, when I clear it with the, the money side of things, I go, okay, well, what are we, what are we, what are we doing now? <laughs> So, and it's you know it's always said that your money is the effect not the cause Mm. Mm -hmm. and so it's actually it's and it's because our you know our whole um persona is so inextricably entwined with our relationship with money and it's you know it's so much to do with our upbringing around it and what was spoken about now you know and in our, our core beliefs and programming but also you know coupled with that the societal conditioning particularly mm. as women you know we may have been exposed to we not may we have been exposed to let's just put it out there right now we have been exposed to all our lives that we don't even really know I speak to a lot of women that are you know so intelligent and so switched on and amazing at what they do and stuff like that and they've got this and this is pretty much, this is not just women, it's it's, it's it's men as well. It's society is, they've got this such a embarrassment and shame around not knowing mm. all about money. And I just I say, well, has anyone ever taught you any of this? Mm. Do you actually, has anyone ever sat down and really taught you? And they said, no. And I said, well, why do you feel like you've got this huge expectation that you should, you know, on yourself, that you should know all this stuff, Yeah, which is which is one of the main reasons I actually started my business because, you know, in all the different areas that I worked in finance and stuff like that, I'd have these conversations with these people mm. and there was so much, you know, there was a lot of embarrassment and shame around not being all over their their money and their finances and their financial literacy and knowledge and understanding and stuff like that, which would then leave them on, lead them on to, because I want to make sure it still looked bright and shiny on the outside, yeah. but would lead them to be making decisions that weren't serving them at all. Mm. And that's a pretty slippery slope when it comes to to yeah, money that's and hard. that sort of thing. And and so and I just I kept seeing this. And so my you know my whole motivation, for, apart from my own personal reasons, and and it was to create a safe space to have a real conversation around money, not what yeah. what you feel like it should look to the outside world or your family or society or whatever you' show. You know, it's actually let's just actually really have a chat. What's going on here?
1: because
0: it's only then
2: you're able to move forward
0: yeah yeah absolutely and delving into it yeah you yeah if you leave it surface level it's never going to be looked at Mm.
2: well and you know you can go along okay but it's it it just it's a it's a game changer of actually sorting this stuff out you know for yourself you know in three you know i always i always challenge people if they're you know how money was spoken about when they're growing up won't be showing up somewhere in their adult life either directly how they relate to money in their professional life or in their personal in their personal relationships or you know for me you know I, i've I, I, you know i've got the trifecta or i've experienced all three <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 if you can actually have that awareness and that understanding and stuff like that it, it can it can have a massive, massive difference in your life. And it has a huge, you know, as everyone knows, when your money isn't great, it will have a huge flow and effect of how you're feeling and it will seep into all different areas of your life. Mm. It's it's the same of the, the opposite of that as well. If things, you know, how you're feeling about money, you're feeling empowered and control about money, you're communicating with your partner or whatever is going on, it has, it elevates things hugely as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So with everything that you know now, if you went back and gave your 21-year-old self some advice, what would that be? Don't just don't give your power away to anyone, particularly boys. <laughs> 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 it's,
2: it's 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 not to be true to yourself, but just understand how amazing you are and what a gift you have got to share with the world. And don't and don't dull your light for anyone that's probably the main one is do not dull your light for anyone
0: yeah that's
2: if they don't great advice yeah if they don't accept you yeah if they don't accept you for who you are which has sort of taken me to 50 to actually really own as you know own that space and own who I am and own how I operate and speak and Mm. and that's that's good because that's actually the exactly the women I actually want to attract and support and when I look around they are the ones that I'm that I have attracted and I am supporting so it's like you know it's like the chicken or the egg (laughs) but yeah so don't don't dull your light for anyone.
0: Mm, Wonderful great so for those who don't want to dull their light and want to work with you (laughs) how do they get in contact? So I guess they can well they however whatever's
2: easiest I'm obviously on the social media platforms I'm on LinkedIn I'm on Instagram I've got a a business and a personal Facebook page so you know whatever people free or through my website they can book in to uh, I've got a link to book in for for always just to have a chat like a complimentary chat about where they are at and that sort of thing so maybe put the calendar you know maybe if you could share my my calendly link but it's just it's however people feel, like because you know it's a funny thing. People don't want to they don't want to talk about it, or they don't want other people to know that they're talking about, mm-hmm. it or whatever. So I'm always very respective and aware of you know. I mean, I, even in my area that I live in in Brisbane, I support quite a lot of women that no one never know that mm. we're you know being supported because it's and some are some are open about and some are, but that's their, that's their business. So I'm just. You know, it's such it's always such an honour and a huge privilege to be for people to share that aspect of their life because it's it is probably the one of the most most emotive things yeah. and personal things is people's actual financial situation, particularly if it's not great. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I'm just very always very respectful of that. So <laughs> very long answer. <laughs> However people feel comfortable contacting me, that's okay.
0: Wonderful, great. Mm. And yeah, we will put all your links in the show notes and people can reach out to me as well if they want to get in touch directly. So fantastic. Thank you so much for your time, Mel. It's been a wonderful chat and I'm so pleased to have dived into that a little bit deeper. I know. Thanks for having me. I was like talked about stuff I haven't talked about for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. All right, we've got another financial one what's the change you're going to make this time Oosh? <laughs> i know
1: I, well, I love the finance ones because it's such a you know interesting topic for me you know when I, I i said i said this on our podcast before when i've done sort of work on my own money story mm. and, and that you know and she alluded to that a little bit in the podcast as well right that our you know money stories and paradigms come up whether it's in our relationships or businesses or mm-hmm. work or friends and it's it's so true and i love that know she's able to teach that and and really help women and i think you know just listening to her story it's almost like pretty much every female that we've interviewed they go through this path going i think i'm going to go here and then they end up where their passion and purpose is which is just beautiful and and i think that really shone in this podcast as well in the interview that where she's landed is where she's meant to be
0: yeah very much so and isn't that almost the the journey of someone through their to their eq as well because they Have to have had some insight and self-awareness and worked out their values and worked out their strengths and how they want to actually work with people so mm.
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely and i think that education space is so important right and i think she she really explained how she's able to hold that space and it's almost like a judgment-free thing i do sometimes find that you know when we go and ask for help in this space that you do feel a bit judged it's almost like what the hell why don't you know this shit you're in your 40s <laughs> you, know, you should know this and and I, and I love how she explained that it's sort of that judgment free you know just support we're not all not everyone's taught this from a young age
0: and even hearing how she said that towards the end how discreet she is when people reach out because you know people don't uh, people in the community or around the person she's coaching don't, don't necessarily know that they're that they're having the coaching or or learning or going through those sort of transformations so i guess that is really important for some people to keep it quite private because of the shame which is unnecessary
1: it is but it's just that again that goes back to your stories as well doesn't it Mm. you know not you know how some people just don't talk about money they're uncomfortable about it so asking for help is even harder
0: what about going all the way back to when she was just so uncertain as well as a teenager finishing school. I thought that was really interesting for someone who has ended up so driven and, like, highly, I guess, competent and at the top of her field to be completely uncertain about what she was going to even do at the beginning. Mm. Quite interesting.
1: It is. But I think that's where you, you give yourself the space to think and grow. I almost think that's a really good position to be in whereas I know growing up I was pretty fixed on what I wanted to do Mm. which sort of put blinkers on and didn't really allow me to explore other avenues because I was like so focused on the direction but then when I got to that destination that I thought I didn't enjoy it and I was like shit I wish I'd just actually allowed myself to not be so blinkered.
0: Yeah that's right I think at at that age to even have the concept of being able to give yourself the time because and maybe it was a blessing that she had that turmoil and didn't get great marks because if she yeah. had have got into nursing she would have done nursing and just sort of followed a path so it might have been a blessing in disguise because not many people give themselves any scope to think they're just like okay this is the path that's set out for me and just walk that line
1: yeah and then that's all they're doing right without without leaving anything open for Change or expansion.
0: That's right. And you sort of get to, I think people usually get to the point where they're starting to have kids and they reassess whether they want to go back to whatever they were doing. Um, or, you know, you get towards your midlife crisis and that's when you're like, oh my God, like I really hate my life.
1: <laughs> yeah. But if you think about it, like, you know, the parallel between, you know, where she could have gone and where she ended up, it's still about serving and helping people yes. just in a different way. Isn't
0: it? Absolutely, that's right. And it was interesting because she did hint a little bit on a crossroads where she nearly left the industry when she had been in that horrendous workplace. Yes, with the egos, and she was going to leave.
1: Mm. I think pretty much every person we've interviewed has had a story of that of some sort, haven't mm. they? And it's a theme that we've we've heard throughout. Mm-hmm. Some have been more vocal about it than others and some have alluded to it, but it's fascinating because everyone's like pushed through. Mm -hmm. No one has gone, you know what, I've been bullied and I've accepted it or it's affected my career. Pretty much everyone we've spoken to that has faced that, including you and I ourselves, is we've just gone, right, we're not going to accept it and whatever we can do to change it and
0: move, we will. Yeah, it is very empowering to know that there are so many people who have very similar overall stories, and so, you know, if our listeners have a similar situation that they're navigating, know that there might be the fairy godmother person shows up and you move sideways into something that's perfect rather than just completely throwing your hands in the air. Yeah. It's also interesting that when she was talking about going into working in the bank and I was thinking about the resources versus culture because she talked about the amazing education and support and things like that that they got when there are so many resources in the bank. But the culture was just wrong.
1: Yeah, I know. And you almost, I know when I've been in places like that where you look at the culture and it's wrong, you, you go one of two ways. It's, it is a bit of that fork in the road. You either go, okay, I'm just going to accept it for what it is because it's serving, the role is serving me at the moment for, mm. the, for the sake of experience. Mm-hmm. Or you go, no, it's just too much. Everybody really doesn't align with where I want to be and who I want to be. And and you and you walk away. Because I think trying to change that culture, one person can't do it. As much as you think you want to, mm. it doesn't happen.
0: Mm. Mm. And it's okay, isn't it, to sit and use the role as a stepping stone and get the experience if that's the point in your life where you are just like, I need to bed down some really good experience into my resume and this is going to be the stepping stone for the next thing or even though the culture is pretty horrible you know my kids are in the early stages of yeah. primary school I just have to do this for five years or whatever mm. I know
1: I did it when I moved from the UK it was most horrendous time in my life I was barcoding documents for two years I literally could have like stabbed myself in the heart at one point. It was like uh, so yes. destroying. And it was in a room. I still remember it was in a room with no freaking
0: windows as well. Like I mean, knowing you the person you are now, I do not know how you did that for two years. I had to to pay my bills. Like literally, that's what it
1: was. It was a new country, struggling mm-hmm. to get a job, you know, and it was mm-hmm. just like the only place that I could get a job. And I was like, right, oh, I just gotta suck it up.
0: We were you constantly looking around though for
1: other things while you were doing it as well? Yeah. yeah it was, I was, but I remember feeling that awful dread every single day going into mm. work,
0: mm-hmm. every
1: single day, and I'm like, just another month, another month, another month until something else came out. But I think you know we've all had jobs like that, or we've all made sacrifices just to get get that foot in the door, right?
0: Mm, mm. Well, I wonder because you know I look at my young team. And I hope that they're not sucking it up just to, you know, get a few years (laughs) under their belts.
1: (laughs) But it can be a nice way too, not in a bad way. Sometimes, you know, you do it because you know that you need that experience. doesn't mean that it's a bad Mm. job or it's toxic. No. But I I think everyone that's starting off does have to suck it up to some extent Mm, mm. just to get to where they want to get to.
0: Yeah, and look, even as an employer, I know from the majority of people that everything is a stepping stone and that this role will be a stepping stone to something else and I hope that I can help people reach what they want and, you know, grow and and help with that. But it's when someone is just sucking it up in a job because they don't have anything better, you just, particularly as a small business owner, just please move on. <laughs>
1: yeah but i also think as small business owners our job is to help them flourish and get that next role because we don't i mean as a small business you know this the opportunities aren't going to be great Mm -hmm. in terms of progression all the Mm -hmm. time so Mm -hmm. you want them to gain that experience you want to nurture them and i think it's such a satisfying feeling when they go you know what i learned a lot thank you so much i'm now off to my next thing that's right and it's funny like diana that lady that's been working with me for, for about a year now helping me build the um the course, she Mm. finished a couple of months earlier than planned, but she's just finished the work, which is great. But I was like, Oh, I was like really sad when she left, you know, (laughs) and of course she was going to leave after the project was finished, but I still Mm -hmm. felt the same, but we had such a good chat and she's like, you know, what? I've just literally learned so much doing this project with you. And I can now take those skills in, she's setting her own business up so she can actually use those skills in setting her own business up and things. So.
0: It's wonderful when people are insightful enough to realise what they've gained too. I think that that is potentially the most rewarding thing about being a business owner is, is developing and seeing people grow into their own skills and strengths Yeah. I think I enjoy that the most, to be honest. We just had a staff development day last week that I'd been putting off since July. It got postponed about four times. How did it go? It was just the best thing. And I'm so glad that I did it with the team that I have at the moment because it really created a whole lot of language for us moving forward, common language about how we work with each other and about where we want to be. And all those sorts of things. It's just that really everyone was just buzzing on such a high. It was so good. (laughs) Who
1: facilitated it for you? Mm.
0: I had a couple of facilitators. I had Tara Jacobson, who was one of our guests. So I had her do a morning with us. And in the afternoon, I had a lady come back. Actually, I must get Fran on our podcast. Yeah, she's actually done the couple of hours with us on our staff development every day for the last four years. So she's sort of seen the progression of the team and worked with us through our values and then our customer journey. And she's just sort of extending the learning just a little bit further each year, which is really good.
1: Oh, great. Hmm. And it's good. It's a good time of year to do it, isn't it? Because, you know, it gets people to sort of self-reflect on on that before they all break up at the end of the year and you start off the year going, you know, I now know what I want to do and Hmm. where the business is going. As opposed to running it early on in the year, because then it's like, oh, you know, you almost lose a few months of traction that way.
0: You can, absolutely. That's right. Mm. So, yeah, I suppose in some ways, I mean, back around to what Mel talks about when she's going through the money story, like she gets people to shed a whole lot of unnecessary things and become quite clear in what they're wanting and who they actually are. And in some ways, you know that's also what we did as a team we shared a whole lot of unnecessary stuff and became really quite clear about who each of us are within the team as well as where the team is going so
1: yeah it does it makes you think about I was thinking after listening to the podcast I went on a big long walk and I was thinking about my money story and how it's like evolved Mm -hmm. and I did a, I actually did a post on it today but like I've got a new money story issue that's come up as well just recently and it's around (laughs) the course and what I want to charge for and I've got this awful fear that no one's going to want it and I've put so much work into it and I'm not able to sell it and I Mm -hmm. I even had a dream about it Mm. and it doesn't come from anywhere and you know it I go back to my own training to go is that just the fear which is false evidence appearing real which is exactly what it is or do you have evidence to back that up? And you have to literally write it down. And I was like, well, there isn't any evidence because I've been running my business. Well, mm-hmm. also running my coaching business. The content's the same. I have paying clients.
0: Mm-hmm. So the
1: fear is just, it's false in my own head. Mm. So I was actually aware of that. But it, it does. It triggers you to go. You're, you're constantly evolving. It's mm. not like, oh, you fixed your money story once and then you fixed it for mm-hmm. life. No, because every time you evolve in your business,
0: a new thing, a
1: new story will come up for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, around price, I heard someone say this the other day, you're always going to get the price wrong. (laughs) And the price does not mean it has to always be that same price. Like just keep changing it. In fact, here's an interesting one for you to try and get you out of that mindset. Um, I was talking to a lady who was running a membership for people doing quilting of all things, right? (laughs) So she had, had it set at what it was like, $59 $59 a month or something, and she got a whole lot of ladies approaching retirement or retirees doing it in there. She decided to raise it. I think she raised it to like $89 or something, so, you know, $20 or $30 raise, no new people at that price whatsoever. Raised it up to $189 and all of a sudden even more members than what she'd had at the low price.
1: Yeah, I've heard of that happen. I've really heard of that happen before. I won't a person. it is mm. but I won't mention names but there was when I was looking at the pricing for my membership the collective memberships are not my corporate EQA program but the collective membership so I was talking to Elijah my business partner and we've been umming and ahhing on the numbers and it's it's a really low number for the value and I'm like no we can't like we have to charge more because I'm like it's so much value anyway we then did some research around what other memberships are there in our space
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what do they charge and we found one that's eight hundred dollars a month US and it's got forty percent less than what we've got in ours. Yeah. And this person did a launch and they got a hundred people through the door.
0: Oh my god, how life-changing. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, shit, like, but
1: it's that story again that comes up to go, but everyone else could do it, I can't. It's almost yes. like it can work for other people, but for but some reason I feel it's not gonna work for me. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm and it's a shit story because of course it can mm. work for me it's like you know mm. of course it can <laughs> but it's but it's our own thing and I was talking to my best mate in the UK about it and he's like can you just stop saying this and I'm like why because he's like he goes you manifest so quickly and He goes, you don't want to manifest the negative either mm. just quickly shift that story when you feel it because otherwise you will manifest it and then you'll be like see I was right
0: and I'm mm-hmm. like yeah it's true Mm. we've got to dive deep into that topic on another we podcast to. we really yeah. do because this concept of everyone else can get it but me like I'm different read. yes I'm somehow inadequate or being punished or not good enough or imposter syndrome isn't it? that's what it is I think it's even more than that it
1: is more than that you're right it is more it's around
0: inadequacy,
1: inadequacy self-worth that we're not good enough and that's right yeah and this is really bizarre because I coach this shit and I still suffer from it at the best of times you know but yeah last last few weeks doing this building this and creating it's definitely come up for me and mm. something that I'm I'm literally every single day working on without fail every single day I'm, I'm like mm. correcting those thoughts
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're at a very similar stage because our things are built and now we've got to go to market with them yeah and I am just finding that in a, in a way of subconsciously avoiding, I am so busy with everything else that I am just got no time whatsoever to actually put my thing out to the market because, you know, I'm, I'm inadequate. It'll be rejected. I don't want to mm. be rejected. So I've I'm not going to do it.
1: That. I've thought of that. So I, I've still got time because my launch is February. So I've still got time because I'm still building the last bits of it and got to go record. And so my date is February. So I've actually said to myself that I'm not going to do any paid client work from february march april for three months because you know what that will do that will force me mm. to tell my program Hustle. from a cash flow perspective because otherwise i'll be like complacent that i've still got a little bit of income coming in from my one-on-one clients but that, i want to move away from that mm. And the only way to move away from it is to back myself and go i'm not taking clients for those three months and i haven't like i got an opportunity last week and i said no and it would start in february afterwards i'm like no and it was the hardest thing to do to say no
0: so gutsy, so gutsy.
1: So that's going to force me, right, to mm-hmm. to actually put it out there.
0: Mm, well done.
1: <laughs> that's a very exciting time for you. Maybe so you cool. should just shut the doors to your business for three months, Jackie. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I'll just, well, I'm trying to hire someone to put, go into my shoes. They will yeah. fill my caseload. I will stop paying myself and then I need to sell my product. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it's a very exciting time. It's good to start diving into some of this stuff at the same, you know, we're paralleling each other so closely. We love <laughs> we'll to push each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, anyone else having any of this similar stuff pop up? I mean, along That's the fun. lines of money. Yeah. It's such a great conversation to be having. Please comment on our web page where we post the episode IQ meets eq.com.au or we always put it on to LinkedIn as well. So there'll be a post there. Check it out. Or individual conversations. Oosh, mm-hmm. where do they find you?
1: At eq.academy.
0: Fantastic. And I am Jackie at legallywisewomen.com.au. Yay. Alrighty. Well until next time. Later, guys. Yeah. See ya.